Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, the team. Nine o'clock. Patchy Friday. We celebrate the start of the weekend right here on the Jim Davis Show. I'm Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Got a text from Mountain Dave. Jim, I think most guys who are part of a championship team are some of the most enthusiastic supporters of some of the younger kids winning it all. Congratulations to the Fruit of kids. Indeed. I mean, that's what an incredible season would have been Fantastic to see them go all the way and win it, especially with the, the doubters that were out there about them being the number one seed. And I think they, they proved to people that they were worthy of that number one seed. Yep. Because number two seed also lost last night as well. And they were down by 20, could have easily given up. Down by 20 in the third quarter, got it to three late, just came up short last night against Eagle Crest. And uh, since Dave's up in Colburn, good luck to the Plateau Valley boys and Mike Vig. They have Wiggins tonight at 530 in uh, the 2A Regionals. Of course, the very best to Steve Skiff and the Montrose girls against Roosevelt tonight in the uh, Grade 8 and the 5A over at the Denver Coliseum. Matt Meyer will have that for you over on the Monkey tonight. And that's 93.5 in Montrose pregame at 645 for that one. Let's see. Uh, Dylan of the text this morning. Great win by Abs. If the Broncos can trade up for Jaden Daniels, they need to do it. He has the best skill set of all the quarterbacks. Was amazing at LSU. Was also really good at Arizona State before he transferred, but obviously had a sensational finish to his career at LSU. Heisman Trophy winner. I'm I'm a big Jaden Daniels fan. Somehow, if that happened, sign me up for some Jaden Daniels. And I don't I don't necessarily disagree, Dylan. I am in the camp though that says if the Broncos do draft a quarterback this year. I'm secretly hoping it's Michael Penix Jr. The only thing that concerns me, and, and, and I like Penix Jr. I'm, I'm with you on liking Michael Penix Jr. My concern is the, the back-to-back years of the knee injuries. Right. And he feels like that's past him now. You know, there's, there's always going to be the, well, he's the left-handed quarterback. Ball comes off your hand, different spins, you know, and all that stuff. And, and guys like Boomer Esiason is, you know, of course, was a left-handed quarterback. So that's nonsense. Steve Young has said the same thing. I wouldn't be opposed to it being Michael Penix Jr. Do you like some Jane Daniels? 3,812 yards, 40 touchdowns, four picks last year. It's pretty good. You'd take that too, wouldn't you, if it's not Michael Penix Jr.? Jane Daniels? I, good I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Do the Broncos trade up? Sit at number 12 right now. If they're going to get Jaden Daniels, they're going to have to trade up. I don't think there's any any ifs or buts. A lot of uh, chatter that the Giants, that might be the Daniel Jones replacement. As they draft another quarterback high in the first round. I think Jones was, what, the fifth overall when he was taken. All right, 903, Jim along with the cake today. Text or call us 970-242-1340. We have a winner for Where in the World is Tyler Franson, correct? We do. Okay. <laughs> And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Our winner today, Jason, correctly identifying the Thompson Bowling Arena from the University of Tennessee.
Congratulations to him. Also, yes, in the case of Fat Tire today. Very good. And, of course, you're already in for the uh, the never-ending contest, which you're going to find. The brand-new one, too. We have the brand-new one, which I'm, I'm trying to find my paperwork on that. Do you know what the, the new one is, by the way? I Yes. Let me... Let me double check that it's the one that I know about because, you know, we, we don't want to give any false information. But I believe it's a, it's a new um, cooling and air conditioning system for your home worth. Yeah, here it is. So from Haining Home Services, replacement of your existing cooling equipment just in time for spring and summer. That includes swapping out an old swamp cooler or AC condensing unit and includes installation. It's $5,000 worth uh, value grand prize from Hating Home Services. The only restriction is you have to own your home to obviously right. get in on that. To, to, to make, yeah, you know, that allows you to win the prize. So Mike Lands, by the way, was the winner. And I believe it's, I believe it's St. Mike Lands that's the Fertile Monument volleyball coach. I believe it's the same gentleman. Huh. Well, there you go. So Mike Lands was the winner of the never-ending contest right here on the team for $5,000 worth of fencing products. Also can go towards a new pergola, uh, a, log, a log archway, courtesy of England Fence in Montrose. So congratulations to Mike Lands. So anytime you uh, win on the program, you're qualified for the never-ending contest. This time a, a uh, cooling or heating system from Haining Home Services. So uh, you can get all the details at our website, theteam1340.com. All right, uh, coming up, we'll play Wrigley Field Colorado Sports Trivia. Chance to win a $15 gift card to Wrigley Field, Grand Junction's original sports bar just east of Sam Saplacio Field. We'll have that in just a little bit. But uh, it's our Mav Spotlight today. Maverick basketball teams in action for senior night tomorrow night when they host Western over at Brownson Arena. And Kate uh, had the chance to talk with Mavericks post player Ethan Menzies. Joining us right now on the Team Sports Network, I'm thrilled to be talking with this guy. He is a basketball player for your Colorado Mesa Mavericks men's team. Guy that has overcome quite a bit of adversity to get back to where he is, Ethan Menzies. Ethan, it's such a pleasure to talk with you. How have you been? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing all right. And uh, this is obviously significant because you're going into uh, senior night. And as I understand it, you're going to be one of the seniors that are going to be uh, honored coming up this Saturday. Is that fair? Uh, yes, that is correct. So, you know, obviously we've profiled you and we've talked about you uh, in terms of where you came from and the years that you spent recovering from injury. And so if you could just give us the the Cliff Notes abbreviated version, since you're probably sick and tired of talking about it, having to come back from not one but two pretty significant injuries to now getting back to getting in the rotation, getting some minutes as of late, What's been that process for you like, and, and how do you feel now? How do you feel now, especially this late in the season? Um, I would say the process was was uh, pretty demanding. You know, I had to do a lot of physical therapy, and getting back into practice was was no easy task. Um, but now that I'm in, in the swing of things, you know, it feels good, and uh, my overall health feels feels relatively good, too. I do want to ask you and, and tell as much or as little as you want to uh, dive into this question. How do you feel mentally? What was kind of the way you were able to mentally overcome this, you know, long stretch where you're not playing basketball because you're hurt? What was kind of the mental aspect and how were you able to kind of mentally recover as well physically? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was difficult at times for sure, but I had a lot of uh, you know a lot of good teammates around me that that helped me through uh, everything, and I think that was kind of the biggest the biggest part was having having my teammates be there for me and kind of uh, distract me from the fact that I'm away from the game. We're talking with Ethan Menzies here on the Team Sports Network, getting ready for senior night. And for you this year, obviously, you know, you're not the leading scorer like you were two, three years ago, but you're out on the court, you're playing, you're back with your teammates. And so how do you feel like you've kind of impacted your team this year, even as a guy that's coming off the bench, getting some uh, some minutes here and there in games? How do you kind of feel like you've been uh, you've been performing this year? I mean, I mean, obviously you touched on it, how I'm not, you know, leading the team in scoring or anything like that. Um, but I do think my voice has a big, has a big impact on, on the guys and, and, uh, in that aspect. Um, so I think, you know, being a leader and understanding what it takes to, uh, win a championship and to, to lead a team, I think, uh, has definitely helped the team in uh, a lot of different ways. We've talked with a couple of your teammates, uh, guys that have known you a while, particularly uh, Mac Rineker, a guy that you two kind of came up around the same time. And, and, you know, they were saying how important it was to have you back and in that leadership role. And so I'm curious for you, is there anybody specifically that you want to acknowledge or, or thank as far as where you're at right now, a teammate or guys that kind of really helped you get back into the fold? and get back into this, uh, into this, into this system? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say a specific person. I mean, it was kind of just, uh, the whole team was really, really rallied behind me and helped me out. Like there's been a handful of times where I just don't feel comfortable or had a hard time getting into the swing of things. And, you know, every single person on my team kind of, kind of helped me, uh, and pushed me to, uh, you know, the right, the right direction and the thing. So I would say just everyone on my team, coaches, uh, family members, like it was kind of just like a group effort. And uh, it was really, really cool to see that that many people really wanted to see me succeed. We're talking with Ethan Menzies. He's a redshirt junior forward for the Colorado Mason Mavericks. Going to be honored at senior night on Saturday night when the Mavericks take on Western, a team that, Right now, Western's kind of towards the bottom of the RMAC, but as you know uh, from being on this squad for as long as you have, there's really no guarantees in the RMAC, and especially a team like Western, there's always kind of something unique, something kind of interesting or uh, an oddity. Uh, more so, I think, going to Gunnison, going to their place, less so at the safe haven of Brownson. But uh, what's kind of been the message this week as you guys are preparing for Western after playing Tuesday against Westminster, you have the three days in between. What's kind of been the message of going up against the uh, Mountaineers this week? Uh, yeah, we just got to treat it as like it's a championship game. I mean, Western is, you know, like you said, they're kind of at the bottom, but they're definitely capable of beating us and we can't, we can't treat it lightly. Um, we also have playoffs, you know, right around the corner. So we'd like to uh, start incorporating championship intensity. So, and I know that for you, this is a team uh, that wants to get back not only to win an RMAC, potentially RMAC regular season title or a share at least of the regular season title, but you guys want to get back to the RMAC championship. You were the RMAC tournament MVP in 2020-2021. You were a first-team all-RMAC selection. 
So just kind of thinking back on your on your career a little bit as you get ready for senior night, what's maybe a, a moment for you that sticks out, either a game that you played or a, a moment in the locker room or on the bus that kind of sticks out for you that kind of maybe encapsulates or is just a moment that's that's always going to kind of stick with you when you think back on your Mavericks career? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've played in, you know, quite a bit of games, but I think the one that sticks out to me most is actually quite recent. Uh, it was my first game back since my injuries, and uh, I checked in, and I looked behind me, and everyone was standing up and clapping, and uh, I think that was probably my most, my most favorite most memorable moment um, being a part of this team is just seeing how how uh, you know supportive my teammates were when I stepped onto the court for that first time since since a few years ago. We're talking with Ethan Menzies right now, and so I, I do have to ask. You know, you obviously you're going to be recognized on Senior Night, but with all that time lost due to injury and then COVID as well what's kind of your eligibility situation? Do you think you are maybe able to come back for another year? And if so, would you take that opportunity? Yeah, I mean, I do have an extra year of eligibility due to injuries and COVID. Um, I'm still kind of in the process of figuring out what I want to do next year. Um, I've been talking to my family members and coaches and stuff like that. So I'm still kind of in the process of it, but it is definitely an option for me. And I'm sure whatever option you decide, we're gonna we'll obviously support you going all the way as as fans, but also as people who really admired your your overcoming of where you've uh, you've been. So let's let's peel it back even further. You were a Half Moon Bay High School graduate. You were out in Half Moon Bay, California. What drew you to ultimately want to come play at CMU? If you think back all those years ago. Mike DeGeorge is still kind of early in his career as the head coach at CMU. What was kind of the the draw to come play at Colorado Mesa all those years ago? Right. Yeah, I, have, I had a teammate in high school who uh, actually came to Colorado Mesa, and he played basketball. His name was Tommy Nuno. Um, and so he, I kind of was kind of talking to him and uh, KB, Cabo JR, assistant coach. He, uh, he coached a couple of my high school teammates as well at different colleges. Uh, years prior and so there was a connection there and Tommy kind of introduced me to the coaching staff and kind of just went from there and I really liked the school and I thought the program was heading in the right direction so so let's ask you this and we you kind of touched on a little bit you do have uh, some extra eligibility and you're kind of still weighing your options have you thought about what maybe post basketball career is going to look like for you uh, yeah, I would like to uh, possibly go into physical therapy. Um, I think that would be a great, you know, career. And obviously, I've had some experience uh, doing that and working with a physical therapist countless hours um, throughout these <laughs> these past two years. So I think that's the direction I would like to head. I, I think you would absolutely excel at that. Absolutely kill it at that. <laughs> Ethan Menzies joining us today on the Team Sports Network ahead of their game, their final regular season home game. Uh, more than likely, you guys, as it currently stands, are going to get at least one more home game for the RMAC tournament coming up. And so for you, now that you're back into the rotation and getting some minutes and thinking about postseason, you've had postseason experience. Obviously, we mentioned your RMAC tournament MVP a few years ago. Do you have any words of wisdom or any advice you're going to want to kind of bestow upon some of these younger guys 
to get them ready for that postseason mindset that you were talking about earlier? I definitely, um, you know, it's all about staying composed, never get too high, too low. Um, you know, playing in the playoffs, you're very emotional. And I think if you're able to stay composed, stay level-headed, uh, you can you can play you know, a lot better and, and get to the, get to where you want to go. All right, we'll get you out on this, Ethan. We, again, we're very appreciative of your time. And I know this was kind of a, a last-second ordeal, but uh, Ethan Menzies has had a lot of time outside of basketball doing recovery and and getting to a point where he can get back into playing basketball. When he is not student-athlete Ethan Menzies, when he's not practicing, when he's not playing on the court, when he's not watching film, when he's not doing all the other stuff, and when he's not in school either, what are some of the things that Ethan Menzies does in his free time and just as a way to kind of escape from the craziness of being a student athlete? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, watch TV shows, watch movies. I go outside. I like, you know, going hiking. Uh, I occasionally play the guitar. Um, that's usually a good way for me to kind of just pass time by from not doing any of those other things. So. Is there a favorite song you've been able to play on guitar so far? Um... I wouldn't say I have a favorite at the moment. Still working on some things. Okay. Acoustic or electric? Uh, Acoustic. Okay. Very good. Well, Ethan, it's been a pleasure talking with you, man. Good luck uh, going forward, not only Saturday against Western, but throughout the rest of the RMAC tournament, and hopefully uh, all the way through the NCAA tournament and the regionals and hopefully the big dance, and we'll be following you wherever you uh, end up, and uh, congratulations on being able to come back this year, and best of luck going forward for you. All right, I appreciate it. All right, that's uh, Tyler Franson with Ethan Menzies, former All-America player for the Mavericks. Yep. Who still could play a very important role for this team somewhere down the line where his post-presence could be a big factor for the Mavericks going into the postseason. Now, Mavericks have Western tomorrow night. Ethan will be one of those, those seniors honored, though he's not sure exactly what he might come back and play another year for Mesa. That, re- that remains to be seen. But uh, tomorrow night, we'll have, of course, uh, Cabrera Mesa final games of the regular season taking on Western. The uh, Western men, they won at Westminster last night, 80-79. to Tyler Halligan had 16 points for the Mountaineer men. The Mountaineer women also won at Westminster last night, 72-60. to Ivy Schmidt had 28 points. So the Mavericks get a couple of teams in Western uh, coming off wins at Westminster last night. And, of course, the last time the Maverick women faced... Western up in Gunnison. That was a double overtime game. Yeah. Olivia Reed had 30 points in that game. It was a, a quite a quite a struggle with Western. Mavericks hope that's not the case tomorrow night. And we'll have coverage of both uh, Maverick basketball teams taking on Western Colorado University. Pre-game at 5.15. Women tip it at 5.30. Men at 7.30 tomorrow night right here on the team. CMU Sports Network. All right. 9.19. Jim along with the cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trusted name in automobiles. Uh, you got that music for me? You want to do the the millionaire music from yesterday? You oh, yeah. Uh, stand by, and here we go. Three, two. Okay, your Michael Malone question would have been great. I didn't see that, so I came up with something else. This is to win a $15 gift certificate to Wrigley Field. Grand Junction's original sports bar just east of Sam Saplazio Field on North Avenue. Home of the 15-minute lunch guarantee if you don't get your lunch in 15 minutes or less. It's half price at Wrigley Field. 
Here's the question today. All right. What year did Denver change from the Rockets to the Nuggets? Ooh. They were the Ringsby Rockets because the Ringsby Trucking Company owned them. And so they were they were called the Rockets. And they changed the name primarily because of the Houston Rockets. Makes sense. But what year did Denver change from the name the Rockets to the Nuggets? Multiple choice. We'll go, we'll go multiple choice on this one today. It's Friday. I'm feeling, I'm feeling charitable today. Normally, I don't do a multiple choice. Okay. 1974, 1969, or 1971? Which year did Denver change from the Rockets to the nickname the Nuggets? 1974, 1969, or 1971? First correct answer wins. If you won the last two weeks, including earlier today with Where in the World is Tyler Franzen, you're not eligible to win. One final time, which year did Denver change from the Rockets to the Nuggets? 1974, 1969, 1971. Send in your answer right now. Text only on the team line. 970-242-1340 coming up next for down territory this day in sports history that's on the way on the jim davis show on the team sports network first of all it's hilarious warped twisted individuals yes, yes! the jim davis show on colorado's sports leader the team it's 924 jim and cake today jim davis show on the team sports network Jim Rome coming up in a little bit. Dan Patrick at 1 o'clock. And then Rich Eisen at 4 o'clock today. Do we have a winner for Wrigley Field Cutter Sports Trivia? We do. Okay. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. A big congratulations to Daryl getting the answer right. Night. 1974. So congratulations to Daryl on uh, getting that right about uh, the Denver Rockets became the Nuggets in 1974. And I, because I was really, I was young, I I barely remember that period of time. I said, I remember looking up the thing about the Ringsby uh, Rockets, the, the trucking company that owned the team. And so that played a role in why they were called the Rockets. The uh, the Ringsby Rocket Trucking System. And so he kind of like, remember Bob Johnson, the BET president that bought the, 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 the Hornets and he changed them to the Bobcats ah. after his name? It was kind of a similar thing. Rah, rah. And uh, their colors were orange and black. And the Ringsby system logo was the logo of the rocket that they used on the uniforms. Actually, it was they had they had a rocket logo, but they also had one. It was a basketball with rockets across the front. That was kind of like the, the trucking company logo. And they had some good seasons as the the Ringsby Rockets or the Denver Rockets that um they were on the ABA 1967. That's where they started the Old American Basketball Association. Only 2,748 fans attended the Rockets' first home game when they played the Anaheim Amigos 
back in uh, 1967. We need a we need a team named the Amigos back in some in some capacities of a, of a sports pro sports team. There were some great team names back back in the old ABA. I mean, there were, there was just some really really unique names, like the Anaheim Amigos. I love that. And you had so you had the 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 Los Angeles Stars, Utah Stars. Well, it's kind of meh. Yeah. The Dallas Chaparrels. Ooh. Which eventually became the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. You had the Houston Mavericks, not the Dallas Mavericks. The Carolina Cougars, the Spirits of St. Louis, which that's where Bob Costas got his start as oh. a young broadcaster. Okay. And we've got some Bob Costas coming up in Fort Down Territory. Uh, you had the Kentucky Colonels, who Dan Issel played for. The Minnesota Muskies and the Miami Floridians. You had the New Orleans Buccaneers. The Memphis Tams, which became the Memphis Sounds. The Baltimore Hustlers, which became the Baltimore Claws. You had the New York the new, then the New York Nets, which became the new, you know, New Jersey Nets and became the Brooklyn Nets. The Oakland Oaks. There was the Washington Capitals ABA team, which then, of course, Capitals were the NHL team. The Virginia Squires, the Pittsburgh Pipers, which became the Condors, and the San Diego Conquistadors. Love it. Which became the San Diego Sales. Which eventually became the Clippers. So there you go. There's, there's um, some of the, the the names from the old ABA days. Which some of them were were kind of cool. Some of them, like the Spirits of St. Louis. I get it after, of course, um, Lindbergh, the name of his plane that he flew across the Atlantic. But it, the Spirits of St. Louis, a little bit. Why aren't they just the St. Louis Spirits? Right. I think they were trying to be clever with that. Because of the because of the plane. Yeah. Because it was the spirit of St. Louis. So, all right, 928, and it's uh, time for Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, start things out with first down. And you have during Combine Week, interesting question to ask, kind of like, Kind of like the Super Bowl media day, media event that night, the right. carpet event. You get some weird questions asked. This was a neat question for Washington wide receiver Rome Adunzi, who was asked if he could handle a very specific emergency situation. Everything but pigeons. Pigeons are fake. Those are AI. Have you seen a baby pigeon? I haven't. Mm. Do you think you can land a plane in case of emergency? Absolutely not. <laughs> we are going down. All souls have perished. So he's asked if he can land a plane in an emergency. And you heard his response. No, <sighs> we're all going to die. If you put me in that spot, we're just, we're all going to die. What did he say about pigeons aren't real? It's, I think he's yeah, being funny. I, don't, I didn't... I didn't get that part of it, what somebody asked him. But I think it's very much had a big smile on his face. It was like, a, I think, a joke about pigeons. Fair enough. All right. Richard Lewis, if you watched uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm-hmm. the long time on the show, friend of, of, of course, uh, Larry David, 
on uh, on Curb Your Enthusiasm, the the comedian Richard Lewis passing away at the age of 76. He had also been, he had a heart attack. He had also been battling Parkinson's for quite some time. Well, I guess there was a time he was on one of the many different shows that Bob Costas has hosted as like a talk show. And it was on NBC. And apparently for a while, NBC didn't want to air the episode because Richard Lewis said something that made Bob Costas laugh so hard they thought it would make Costas look silly and ridiculous. And being the professional that Bob Costas is, they didn't want to tarnish his reputation. Here's Bob Costas and Richard Lewis. Can you lose your neck and survive, though? Or is that really the same as being decapitated? Can you lose your neck and then your head just sits on your shoulders? Well, there was two instances of this. I saw it once in a Nova episode. <laughs> a uh, Really, a man lost his neck, but his head literally didn't f- topple. It landed on his shoulders, and for some wonderful, miraculous reason, that's why I believe in God, it glued on <laughs> to the shoulder casing. That's the word. <laughs> So, although he didn't have much range, <laughs> his neck was on. He's giving birth again. Costas is giving birth. It's the first man to give birth. I don't want to be here because I'm 40 years old. My, if I have a wife, I never, I never can see a, I can't see a child come out. Okay, pardon me. Okay, there's Bob Costas. That's Absolutely. fantastic. They showed the episode, but NBC for a while did not want to show it because they said they thought it made Costas look ridiculous. How about just it made Bob Costas look human and he laughed his head off. And, I love it. And it was funny. All right. Third down. Just right back on top of his shoulders. Third down. Lyme Madris, former Colorado Mesa Mavericks uh, baseball player, active in the pirate system. He had a birthday yesterday. He is the... Only active Major League Baseball player born on February 29th. On really? The only one. That's according to Patrick Lyons on uh, the old Twitter slash X, whatever. Bly wow. Madris, the only active MLB player currently active, born on February 29th. Currently with the Tigers now. Tigers, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Was with the Pirates. Fourth down, have you heard about this McCole Hardman situation? The thing with the Jets. And, that he yeah. apparently leaked. So, and I just found out about this today. So apparently there's accusations that the team suspect Hardman leaked game plans against uh, the Eagles and Chiefs games. And it was traded uh, from the Jets to the Chiefs in October. Stephen A. Smith on first take says that if it turns out that the allegations are not true, McCall Hardman should sue yeah, I can see that Good defamation saying this guy leaked something and if it turns out he didn't, then yeah, that's pretty defamatory. It's a career ender, according to what Stephen A. Smith said. But but again, we, we just don't know. We, we don't know. Of course. I hope now, for his sake it's not true. Now known he went back to the Chiefs and now known as the guy that caught the overtime touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes. Didn't even realize it at the time. Yeah. By the way, Bly Madris, maybe you remember this from when he, he made his Major League debut, along with being the only MLB player born on Leap Day. Uh, on Leap Day, uh, the only one of Poluin descent. Remember that? 
Oh. Okay. I'm not sure I do remember this. Palu, it's the uh, island country in uh, in the Western Pacific. Yes. Okay, yes, yes, so yes. He is, he's the only player in MLB of, of, Currently. That, of, of that ethnicity. That's re- okay. Now I remember. I remember that now. Yes, yeah, kind of cool. Very cool. All right, and it was his birthday yesterday. So he's what eight years old? I don't know. Uh, seven, <laughs> seven, give or take, <laughs> give or take. All right, nine thirty-four, and it's time for this day in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment of all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, we go to. 1973, 1973, excuse me, Robin Smith becomes the first female jockey to win a stakes race when she rides North Sea to victory in the uh, Pominock Handicap at Aqueduct in New York. Also on this day, 1986, Billy Cunningham, Tom Heinsohn, and Red Holtzman are inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. 1988, Wayne Gretzky, the Oilers, becomes the NHL's all-time assist leader, breaking the long-time mark of Gordie Howe. Uh, in his ninth season, Gretzky picks up assist number 1,050 in a game against the Kings, who he had later gone to play for. Gretzky takes 681 games to surpass the record that took Howe 1,767 games to set. Also on this day, 1994, NBA referee Steve Javi ejects Portland radio analyst Mike Rice, not the Mike Rice that we know, uh, in the third quarter of the Pacers' 106-94 win over Portland. Also uh, on this day in uh, 2000, the 26-year-old rookie Dean Barker of Black Magic's Helm, New Zealand, sails into America's Cup history, become the first country other than the U.S. to defend the oldest trophy in sports. And that's this day in sports history. All right, 936. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. We will take a break. And we'll come back some garbage time on the way. Get some of your text as well today. 970-242-1340. I'm the morning guy. I have a Facebook group, 16 members. Some call it a fan page. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. 940, Jim along with Cake today. From the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. So, Fruit of Monument Boys uh, losing last night uh, to Eagle Crest in the Grade Eight, and um, that would bring it back since it was a, a big game for the Wildcats last night. We had the uh, the post game with um, our guy Rio Van Gilder, the Buckeye boy, talking with Michael Wells after the game last night. Uh, Fruit of Falls last night. In the grade eight to Eagle Crest, 61-53. They were down by 20 in the third quarter. Cut it to three very late in the game. But unfortunately, I came up short. Daniel Thomason with 18 points to lead for the Jet Wells. Had 14 last night. Wildcats finished with a record of 25-1. and one. And uh, after the game last night, uh, Rio did a great job calling the game last night. Had the chance to, uh, to talk with Michael Wells, Wildcats boys basketball coach. Here with head coach Michael Wells of the Fruit of Monty Wildcats falling to Eagle Crest in the Great Eight. Uh, first, it was a 20-point game there in the third quarter. 
it's kind of empty solace right now, but to get it to three points at one point speaks volumes about kind of the character of your team. Uh, I'm proud of the kids. They fought all year, right? Um, we didn't have the greatest start, obviously. Um, you know, I think we were a little tight, a little rattled by the physicality of the game and some of the things they did. But, you know, we kind of came in at halftime and just said, we've been here before, guys, just two games ago. If we just will defend and rebound. Um, I probably played too much zone in the first half because I thought we needed to contain them out of the paint while we struggled to rebound out of it. So we had to play more man uh, late and we did a better job on it. And so I probably stuck in that too long and put us in a bad position, but we just couldn't rebound out of their zone or out of our zone. Um, and then we, you know, we finally got into some actions and finally got into some stuff that we were able to convert a little bit. We got Daniel inside and, you know, I think we slowed down with our guards a little bit, but just a little too, little too, little too late. Free throws kind of end up making a difference a little bit in that one. Uh, certainly. I mean, you got Daniel and Jet miss six between them. Um, what were we? Six of 15. You leave nine points on the board and that's an you know, eight point game. So you're never going to shoot a hundred percent, but you'd sure like to have some, some of those opportunities back and, and some of those early turnovers that led to baskets for them, easy baskets for them. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I don't think it's one thing. I think it's just a bunch of little things that contributed to it. They have a couple of tremendous scores in King and Barger, but they didn't seem like they were really able to find their footing at any given point. I think you held King scoreless for over a quarter and a half as well. Seemed like you played really well against them, but it's some of their other down roster guys that were getting free behind those other two guys. Well, and, and early we didn't guard Ladavian the first three times he shot, shot the ball. I thought we talked about it all week that he was their best player, but apparently we forgot for a minute. And that's, that's a little bit of the moment, right? Um, that we just didn't do a good job. But then I thought we contained them for the most part. I mean, you're never going to stop those two guys. They're they're insanely good, um, you know, and, and we kind of let, you know, they had some guys that hit some shots that hadn't in the previous two games, and um, they're a good team. They, they had more weapons than I thought, and, and we struggled to get ours going, and it just it led to too big of a hole to overcome. Got a lot of young guys that have kind of been, been part of this now to be able to come over to state. How does that impact kind of their development moving forward? Well, I mean, it's experiences, right? Um, you know, on the girls' side, we were able to have a couple teams come over here. And, you know, I never would have thought in my wildest imagination that we would have this in our first year. So I think we're a bit ahead of schedule. You know, we lose five great seniors that were a big part of that. But, you know, 13 and 35 are back, and I think that's pretty good for us. Um, you know, and Wilson comes back as well. So you're going to return three starters, and, you know, I could develop some bench guys and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, the goal is to come back so you're more and more used to this environment and this situation, and maybe we start better. We've talked to you the last couple of weeks. The physicality, you mentioned it tonight, can't really replicate that in the Southwestern League. There's just te not enough teams, not enough size over there. And when you do it in the preseason, it's now two and a half months later by the time they remember what it's like. How do you, as you go forward, you know, building this program, how is that something that you maybe kind of get them ready for, if at all? Well, it's, it's hard because we go a couple months. we got to try and build the schedule where maybe we can squeeze a couple of these teams in in the middle of the Southwestern League schedule. But they have so many teams in their league, it's tough to get an open spot for them in their game. So it's it's one of those, you know, one of those things that we're going to always deal with. But we got to up our schedule. we got to play more of these teams in the season. we got to play more of them um, in the summer. And, and you know, we gotta, we got to get bigger, faster, stronger ourselves so we can handle it, you know. It, I think at, at every level, level you know you come february and march the game turns into a more physical thing um whereas in the beginning of the season it's it's called a little lighter and on the western slope it's called a little lighter and so we just didn't adjust to it 
early enough, and and it just it dug us a big hole. Let's talk about the fight. All right, so that's uh, Michael Wells, Fertilmont boys coach. Wildcats finish the year twenty five and one, and get to the grade eight. So you also have the Montrose girls basketball team. They get a rematch tonight with the team that knocked them out of last season's 5A tournament when the Red Hawks played defending state champion Roosevelt at the Denver Coliseum. Montrose lost the Rough Riders 58-37 to last year's Sweet 16 with Kyla Hollier's 21 points leading Roosevelt. We talked with Red Hawks coach Steve Skiff yesterday. He says the Rough Riders return everyone, including their leading scorer in the 6-2 sophomore Hollier. You know, for us, it's going to be, you know, a tough task, but I think we're up for it. You know, that's one thing I told my assistant coaches um, this week. I go, you know, I, I, we're pretty dang good ourselves. And so we're going to go in there with a lot of confidence, and, and I think it's nice getting them on a neutral floor in the Coliseum. And You can hear tonight's game with Matt Meyer on the call from the Denver Coliseum pregame at 645 on the Monkey. Catch the game in Montrose, 93.5 FM, or online at 957themonkey.com. Also, the... 20-1 Plateau Valley Boys basketball team. They host 7-13 and Wiggins as the 2A regional round begins tonight. Cowboys fell to Ray in last year's state tournament before going on to beat Crowley County and Golden Valley Academy to uh, claim the consolation title. Plateau Valley forward Parker Ralston says they feel like they're better prepared for a state championship run this time around. Last year we didn't have experience and we we're still young. And this year we got the experience and know what is needed to be done to be at one of the top teams. Tip off 5.30 tonight in Colburn for that one for Plateau Valley. All right, 9.46. Time to open up the lid and hop in. It is garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. All right, Cake, what do you have? So, uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to find the exact name, but a one of the draft. Ah, here we go. Okay, T- Texas Tech. Tyler Owens. He is one of the favorites to run the fastest 40 at the Combine this year. He's a draft prospect. He doesn't believe in space. He doesn't think space and other planets exist. And also thinks that flat Earth theories have some, quote, valid points. (laughs) He's just messing with people. Uh, Well... Come on, come you, on, come you on, would really? Think, come on, really? Really, uh, dude, really? I don't know. He sounded, really? he sounded pretty not messy. He sounded pretty serious at the uh, at his combine presser. I would um, love to see his proof that space does not exist. Love to see the proof. I just, or show me the proof that space does not exist. And you say, yeah. well, prove to me that it can't. Well, Maybe we need to put you in one of uh, Musk's rockets or Branson and fire him up into space and go, see, there it is. Just, you don't even have to go that far. Just look up. Look up. What do you think that stuff is in the sky? But maybe he needs to actually go into space to see it himself. I don't know. He thinks it's some projection on a screen. Yeah, I don't, it's, that's what stars are. Ugh. So there you go. Teams beware if you're going to draft him. He may be fast, but he might also be an idiot. In the in the immortal words of one Charles Barkley, I'm a dumbass. That's uh, uh, oh, well, that's embarrassing. Yes, it is. It's very embarrassing if you're him. All right, KK Hernandez of the Dodgers used the c word the other day. It's not the C word that maybe you're thinking. Well, whoa, he said what? Is it a word? Is it the C word that is much more 
easily thrown around in places like the UK and Australia, or is it... Uh, no, it's not that one. It's not the C word? Okay. It's collusion. Oh! <laughs> not the other one. Okay, because that would have been bad. No, he didn't, though he didn't say the actual word collusion. He said, I'm not going to say the C word, <laughs> but I think the C word needs to be with a capital C. The timing of the calls were very similar because he signed, resigned with the Dodgers, a one-year, $4 million contract. And he thinks that teams are working together to drive the price of free agents down. He said the numbers were pretty much the same throughout. Calls were kind of around the same time. The silence period is kind of around the same time. All the time, the numbers were pretty much the same. I don't know. I think teams that use these computer programs to project salaries and project numbers they're all using the same one, and they have the same password. That's kind of how free agency's been going. Now, as opposed to the guy you're talking about that doesn't think space exists, K.K. Hernandez might be onto something, though. I was going to say. <laughs> but I'm glad he didn't say the C word. You and me both. Yeah. Uh, text in today. Though I, though I said it for him, though. Collusion. Collusion. Got a text from uh, Sports Information Director over at Colorado Mesa, Mr. Dave Yonke. Hi, Dave. Uh, reminder, a win tonight by both, uh, I'm sorry, tomorrow night, by both men and women's teams will clinch a share of the RMAC regular season title. Correct. So, all the more reason, if you have not seen in person... CMU basketball going out to Brownson Saturday. And if you can't make it there physically in person, make sure you tune in Saturday here on the team because it's going to be lit. But what we need is Colorado School of Mines. Yes. To get to get a win against Adam State for the women. And the men against Fort Lewis. To, to, some, to nail down the outright home, outright and home court advantage throughout the entire RMAC tournament. Pretty, pretty please with Go a on, cherry on top. Come on, of course, Mavericks, they have to take care of business tomorrow night. They have to do their own work tomorrow night. But uh, come on, Oradigers. The rare time. I know. Will we ever be pulling for the Cottero School of Mines? Come, come on, nerds. Listen we, here, we you. Say, we say that jokingly. And oh, they, they say it about themselves. It's, it's like, come on. You guys can get it done. We know you can do it. All right. Uh, one of five, or well, we've got a couple things here. we still got a little bit of time. Got a couple minutes. Uh, there's a radio host in Dallas, Sean Bass. Okay. Who commemorated the Texas Rangers World Series victory. <laughs> yes, with, with a unique tattoo. Something like that. He didn't just have like the Rangers logo on his arm or, or something World like Series that. champs, the trophy. No, he didn't, he didn't go like that. No. Went against the grain. He had the entire box score of game Oof. five tattooed on him like the entire box score oh my god is tattooed on his back that's that's gotta hurt <laughs> i mean it's the pitchers the batters it's it's the box score of the game oh, uh, oh. and i tell you who did this they they did it extremely well because it's i mean it's a work of art it, it is literally a work of art it looks like Somebody photocopied the the box score and, and just put it on this guy's and back. Stuck it on his back. That's awesome. It's that good. 
it's I'm not I don't have a tattoo not into tattoos those who do that's good for you that's good for you and that's that's your that, that's cool if you enjoy that and you like it son and daughter they have tats that's okay people I love do not not for me but I am impressed I would I, I cannot imagine though like having the box score from like Super Bowl 32 put on my back right it yeah it can't happen can't happen or from the Nuggets clinching the NBA Finals. I just can't imagine that. But I'm impressed with the the talent of whoever did this for one Sean Bass because it looks pretty good. You got anything else? Uh, there's a Twitter account, X account, Avs okay. Stats. They post Avalanche stats, obviously. Some of them, in fact, most all of them are useful information about where certain players rank all time and so-and-so passes this career mark. A lot of it's useful information. And then there's the ones where <laughs> you just get the sense that they might be trolling a little bit. So here's one. Nathan McKinnon passes Peter Forsberg on the franchise assist leaderboard is now third all time. That's useful. That makes a lot of sense. Sure. Very next tweet. Zach Parise passes Tomas Tatar on the franchise goals leaderboard and is now tied for 328th all time. <laughs> Thanks. One, extremely relevant. The other, very useful. Hey, how about that? Good for him. Very, very, very useful. Hey, how about that? All right, one final quick one here. After the departure of uh, Shannon Sharp from Undisputed, they're expecting Skip Bayless to carry the FS1 show. It's well, not uh, going well. Somebody had a really bad idea there because the, the ratings continue to tank. It's rotating panels with Keyshawn Johnson, Michael Irvin, Rachel Nichols has been on there, Richard Sherman was on there, but he also has been arrested for DUI. And so the numbers continue like a record low, 50,000 viewers Ooh. for Tuesday's show. Ooh. Ooh. Not looking good for Skip. No. Skip. Skip. Yeah. He, he misses Shannon. All right, that's our show. Jim Rome's up next. Have a great day.